0: making it easier to ship and distribute. Given its advantages, experts say it would be a mistake to compare J&J's 72% efficacy rate with the 95% rates of its competitors. To me, one shot's always better than two because I hate needles, I hate shots. Still, if given a choice, some Americans may choose the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines over j and J. I I would prefer one of the
1: uh, the other two. I don't mind um, you know having to come back for a second dose if it's gonna be a
2: little bit more effective.
0: Americans are told in advance which vaccine they're receiving. Some Americans may be reluctant to get this vaccine when others are more effective. Take what you get, when you can get it, and especially when you have a vaccine that is this effective against severe disease. I think uh, we're lucky to have this vaccine. One more important stat. While the J&J vaccine was 72% effective in the U.S., the flu vaccine is typically just 45 to 60%
3: effective. So, Tom, J&J plans to go to the FDA for emergency authorization
0: next week. What's the timeline? Yeah, they could get emergency authorization within weeks, and the government already has a $1.5 billion with J&J for 100 million doses by the end of June, Lester. All right, Tom, thanks
3: very much. So where do today's developments leave us? I spoke just a short time ago with Dr. Anthony Fauci to get some perspective. I started off asking him if the new vaccine news was positive or a disappointment.
1: This is actually good news. It's value added to the whole effort of getting more vaccine candidates into the mix. Uh, You know, we have two successful vaccines that have emergency use authorization, the mRNAs from Pfizer and Moderna. This is another type of a vaccine. It's called a viral vector vaccine. And even though the results showed a 72% in the United States, it was a study that involve not only the United States, but also South Africa and Brazil. The important point is that the protection against severe disease was very high, even in South Africa, where the mutant is dominant. So even though the numbers, when you compare against mild to moderate disease, 72% versus 94 to 95, clearly 94 to 95 is better. But from a practical standpoint, From what you want to do to keep people out of the hospital and prevent death, this is value-added. Number one, it's a single dose, much more convenient. It doesn't require a very stringent cold chain. You can just keep it in a refrigerator. It's relatively cheap, and the company can make billions of doses, so it will have value. Well, that leads to my next
3: question, though, is the goal, when you say effectiveness, is the goal to keep us healthy, uh, completely healthy, uninfected, or is it to keep us alive? It's both. I mean, the most important thing that has
1: challenged us, as you well know, what we've gone through with this extraordinary historic pandemic, we have about 430,000 deaths. So one of the important things you want to do is to keep people out of the hospital. If you could also protect them against any kind of symptoms, that would be good. When you're looking at early disease, the Johnson & Johnson, the Janssen product, is 72% effective. But if you look down the pike at keeping people out of the hospital and keeping them alive, that is where the value added. Not quite as good against the early disease, but against the serious consequences. It's
3: done very well. What do you say to folks who say, I want the best, I want the most effective vaccine, and this one just doesn't offer enough of that?
1: Well, you know, first of all, I I mean, obviously, people would want to get the choice of what they want. There will be a messaging issue exactly for the reasons that we're discussing right now. When you compare that initial number of 72 versus 94 to 95, there very well may be people who would actually prefer to have one dose. Well, they would say, you know, the difference in efficacy against early disease doesn't make that much difference. So I think there will be usefulness of it, even though, as you said, there may be some that would say, I want the one that numerically is the best efficacy. That will happen and that will be a messaging
3: issue. Let me ask you about the South African variant. We've seen a couple of cases in South Carolina. Would it be wishful thinking to say, well, it's it's localized and it won't become a big deal? I think uh, less that, you know, you, you, you made a point.
1: It might be wishful thinking. Uh, We would hope that we can get our people vaccinated as quickly as possible before anything spreads the way it has spread in South Africa, where it is clearly the dominant strain. But if things go along the way they go now, whenever you see a couple of cases, you can be darn sure you're going to see a lot more. It's not going to stop at just a couple of cases. That's the nature of how that virus is spread as you see more
3: variants, raise the risk of reinfection. People have already had COVID potentially
1: facing it again. That is an excellent question. And that's exactly what is seen in South Africa. When we were communicating with our many scientific and public health colleagues in South Africa, they were telling us over the phone, something strange is going on right now. We have people who are infected, months ago who now with this new strain are getting reinfected, which is telling you that the immune response induced to the first infection wasn't good enough to prevent the second infection. However, it appears that the vaccine itself appears to be better at inducing that kind of protection because they had anywhere from 50 to 88 percent
3: in terms of when life might appear to be normal again. Is this putting pressure
1: on on your projections at that point? Possibly, but not necessarily. I believe that if we pay attention to these mutants and adapt the vaccines to upgrade them to do that, that we still would be able to get to some form of normality as we get into the mid to late fall, as I predicted a few months ago. But it's gonna require
3: to Dr. Fauci for joining us. He tells me he's growing more optimistic about efforts to ramp up vaccinations. Meantime, rising concern over those new variants as more Americans defy safety guidelines. Here's Miguel Almaguer with that. Tonight in labs like these across the nation, scientists are racing to discover
4: new, emerging, and potentially more dangerous variants of the virus. The CDC working with all 50 states to ramp up surveillance. Universities like Stanford and hospitals like Cedars-Sinai at the forefront of detecting virus mutations that may be resilient to vaccines. We are, in particular, very worried about the South African variant because it appears to make vaccines less effective. Already detected in at least 31 countries, now the South African variant discovered in South Carolina. Authorities believe the cases are community spread which likely means a greater number of Americans are currently infected, spreading the variant, and don't even know it.
0: We should be treating every case
3: as if it's a variant um, during this pandemic right now.
4: While there's still much to learn, it's possible, though not certain, some variants may make you sicker or be deadlier. But many do appear to be the U.K. variant is already becoming more prevalent in the U.S. NBC's Janice mackey Freyer is in China.
3: Here in Wuhan, the World Health Organization is finally starting its field work, just as China is locking down in some cities to stop new variants from spreading.
4: All of this comes as a new study on COVID fatigue shows fewer Americans are staying home and avoiding close contact with others. It is perhaps the perfect storm to fuel new variants, and a deepening crisis. Miguel
3: Almaguer, NBC News. Up next now, the manhunt intensifying the person who placed two pipe bombs near the U.S. Capitol discovered
0: the day of the siege. Here's Pete Williams. The FBI now says the bombs were planted the night before the Capitol siege between 7.30 and 8.30 p.m. These videos obtained by the FBI and by the Washington Post, which made them public, show the person believed to be the suspect walking through the neighborhood, wearing a gray hoodie, face mask, and carrying a backpack. The FBI says the suspect had distinctive footwear, Nike Air Max Speed Turf shoes, black, gray, and yellow. The bombs were placed outside the Republican and Democratic National Party headquarters on Capitol Hill. Investigators say both devices appeared to be fully functional, made out of metal pipe with a common wind-up timer. They did not go off, but their discovery, 90 minutes before rioters stormed the Capitol, pulled dozens of police away from their normal posts. Now the FBI has increased the reward for helping crack the case to $100,000. As prosecutors continue rounding up people accused in the Capitol riot, more than 170 charged so far. Pete Williams, NBC News, Washington.
3: Now the impeachment trial of former President Trump pitting Republicans against each other and growing backlash against a Republican Congresswoman from Georgia. With that, here's Peter Alexander.
2: Tonight, more Democrats denouncing freshman Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's promoted false QAnon conspiracy theories. Cori Bush today announcing she's moving her House office away from Greene's office, quote, for my team's safety, after she says a maskless Greene berated her in a hallway. Green saying Bush started it, posting this video from earlier this month.
0: Stop being a hypocrite. Yeah, this is how it is here now.
2: This is how it is. Most Republicans have yet to condemn Green for her controversial comments, even after a recently uncovered Facebook post from 2018 that's since been deleted. In it, Green touted a false anti-Semitic conspiracy claiming lasers from space, funded by a Jewish financier and others, hmm. ignited the deadliest California wildfire. Green tonight in a statement writing, Every attack, every lie, every smear strengthens my base of support. I will never back down. It comes amid another skirmish in a post-Trump divide among Republicans. One of the former president's fiercest allies, Matt Gates of Florida, hosting a rally outside Wyoming's state capitol. You can send Liz Cheney home. Singling out his party's third highest ranking House leader for voting to impeach Mr. Trump. You can help me break a corrupt system. You can send a representative who actually represents you. Gates' trip in defiance of top House Republican Kevin McCarthy, who this week urged his colleagues to stop attacking one another and focus on Democrats. Also tonight, multiple sources say that former President Trump is stewing about the 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach him and talking about getting involved in primary races to defeat them. Lester? All
3: right, Peter, thank you. Much of the country is about to get hammered by a big winter storm taking aim as a deep freeze settles in. Al Roker is tracking it all. Al, what are we looking for? Lester, brutally cold air will already be in place ahead of this storm. Wind chills of minus 22 in Saranac Lake to the low teens around the rest of the Northeast. We've got 52 million people under winter weather advisory, watches, warnings stretching from the Great Lakes all the way into the mid-Atlantic and Northeast. We do know that we're looking for anywhere from Five to nine inches in Chicago by Sunday, one to three in Minneapolis, Cincinnati, two to four in Detroit. What we're still waiting to see is this low pressure system that will develop along the coast. Where does it set up? Where's that heavy snow? But we'll continue to track it and, of course, have a complete update for you tomorrow morning on Saturday today. Lester? All right, Al, thanks very much. In 60 seconds, the wild showdown on Wall Street as GameStop soars once again. Game on, game on. We win.
4: We get to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes car insurance. So you only pay for what you need.
3: Isn't that what you just did? Deserve it!